I'm Gregory Berg. The studios of WGTD are closed this week because of the holidays, so we're devoting the next few podcasts to replaying memorable morning shows from earlier in 2023. Today's interview was recorded in May, and it was a memorable and bittersweet occasion because it was the last morning show visit by Dr. Debbie Ford, who for 13 years had been chancellor of the University of Wisconsin Parkside and one of my favorite morning show guests. And we welcome you to the Wednesday morning show on WGTD. I'm Gregory Berg. Well, it's with seriously mixed feelings that uh, we welcome into our studios today Dr. Deborah Ford. It's always a pleasure to speak with the Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin Parkside, but I say it is with, uh, with mixed feelings because, uh, as I'm sure many of you know, uh, Chancellor Ford is about to depart UW Parkside after 14 years at the helm. She has taken uh, a similar position, uh, that is Chancellor of, of the University of Indiana Southeast in Louisville, Kentucky, which will bring her back to uh, home, in a sense. And uh, so we have uh, Deborah Ford with us uh, for what is likely her last morning show visit, although who knows what uh, time may bring. But we have also with us in the, in the studios Scott Menke, who is uh, about to begin serving as interim chancellor of the University of Wisconsin Parkside. His time at Parkside actually stretches back even before Chancellor Ford. Uh, He's been there nearly 20 years in a variety of capacities, currently as vice chancellor for finance and administration. And uh, and again, we'll uh, be uh, taking on the mantle of interim chancellor uh, for uh, for the near future as Parkside uh, seeks a... uh, a successor to Chancellor Ford. And so we have a lot to talk about, including uh, all kinds of success stories uh, for uh, the University of Wisconsin Parkside over the last few years, and uh, and some of the challenges that confront it and other uh, entities of higher education as we move into the future. So uh, Chancellor Deborah Ford and Interim Chancellor Scott Menke, we welcome both of you to the morning show. Good morning. Well, Greg, thank you so much for having us, and um, it is always an opportunity uh, to be on your show and to be a part of what you do for our community, so thank you. Thank you for allowing us to talk about the University of Wisconsin Parkside, and I think we were comparing notes, and we think it's probably 20, 25 times uh, that I've been (laughs) on your show and talking about the University of Wisconsin Parkside, talking about the partnerships uh, that we have um, in our community, and always uh, really appreciate the opportunities to be in the studio here at WGTD uh, with my education partners. And so we've had some really fun interviews, um, both here in the studio and, of course, uh, via Zoom uh, during those crazy (laughs) COVID times. So Thank you for having us oh, today. It's always been a pleasure, and uh, and again, I'm just sad that uh, that those regular visits to the morning show are, are not likely to be able to continue, because you're going to be busy down in Louisville, Kentucky. And maybe we could just kind of start with that sort of personal side of this and, and, uh, and have you explain to listeners why this particular opportunity was just so irresistible for you and also a case of the right opportunity at exactly the right time. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Well, Mm. a couple of things. Some of the listeners may know that uh, I am now a grandmother, and uh, our daughter, Abby, and uh, her husband, Shane, uh, welcomed Caden David on May 1st, Mm. and they live in the Indianapolis area. 
and so which is a couple of hours from New Albany, Indiana, where I will uh, start as chancellor at Indiana University Southeast, so one of the seven campuses of Indiana University. And part of the service region for IU Southeast is Louisville, Kentucky, uh, where I grew up. So 19 counties, mm-hmm. uh, eight in the Kentucky area and 11 in southern Indiana, and an opportunity to continue this great work um, as a champion for student success and someone who loves building partnerships across the community Uh it was an opportunity, I said, hmm, to be able to do this in my home community uh, where my mom lives, my sisters, um, my cousins, uh, nieces and nephews, and all of our college friends, I thought I'm going to give it a try. And uh, it's bittersweet for me. Uh, I love UW Parkside, and I uh, really, really, really uh, love this community and how it has embraced um, our family. And so thank you to the community and uh, how it embraces UW Parkside. So um, it's bittersweet for me, too, but uh, I just hope I can accomplish a portion of what we we have been able to do here mm-hmm. um, at Indiana University Southeast. It's been an exciting time, that is for sure. When you took over uh, UW Parkside as chancellor back in 2009, uh, was that the first time you have been chancellor or I mean that kind of top position? I know you were at a couple of other different universities, but I think you were in just that level below vice chancellor maybe or something. So just talk for a moment about what it felt like to, in a sense, ascend to that sort of level of administration? What did that, did that feel like a, a tremendous leap of faith in a sense? Um, I would say it was certainly an honor to be selected to serve as the sixth chancellor for UW Parkside. And having experience as a vice president at two universities certainly helped me. Um, but you have a broader range of stakeholders as president or chancellor of the university. Um, there is a lot of symbolism in the role, and mm. I've certainly learned um, that over the years. Mm-hmm. And I would say what has probably helped me uh, be successful um, is that I always focus on learning. Um, Mm. learning as a professional, learning as a person, uh, and realize that um, I am a steward of the mission of the university and that I need to keep that in mind and always, always lead by keeping the students at the center of our decision-making. And I know that has helped me and helped our team uh, to be able to have the successes. So I'm not going to say a leap of faith per se, (laughs) um, but certainly a a leadership opportunity that um, I learned a lot um, over the 14 years, and I'm still learning. Hmm. Um, (laughs) Even as I transition to a new place in a a similar role, it's going to be very different. Uh, And I have to keep that in mind. And uh, again, probably the most important um, part for me is the gratitude for the people of Parkside, um, Hmm. because that, that is who matters. Every single person in our learning community matters. Hmm. UW Parkside, of course, is part of the UW system. Uh, is the new place you're going, uh, the University of Indiana Southeast, is that part of a similar sort of network of universities? Well, it's similar in some ways, but different in others. So Indiana University is one university with seven campuses. So the uh, land-grant campus is IU Bloomington, um, and then the uh, Urban Public is IU Indianapolis, 
and then the regional campuses, and they are around the state, much like uh, the Wisconsin uh, campuses, and because they want to make sure that all citizens of Indiana uh, have access to quality higher education, uh, mm -hmm. much like the Wisconsin idea and what we believe in here in the University of Wisconsin system. So they do not have a system administration like we have um, here in Wisconsin, but they have IU administration. So some of our services are centralized, which will help in some ways. Um, and I'm sure occasionally may create a few challenges where I'm used <laughs> to doing things maybe a little more autonomously. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting to see how that, that works out. That's right. I know that one thing that I mean, it's it's been very clear, I mean, particularly because you've been so successful in so many respects that you were a really great fit for UW-Parkside. Just one of a number of ways in which you were a, a great fit is the fact that Parkside's student population has a very high percentage of first-generation college students, and that is your own story as well. Tell us a little bit more about that and the way in which you having been the first generation college student of your own family, how that has informed the way you have uh, tried to lead Parkside and its students. Yeah, great question. And at UW Parkside, 55 to 60 percent of our students are first in their family to go to college. And I think more importantly, first in their family to earn a university degree. And I have always been attracted to institutions uh, that serve a high percentage of first-generation college students be because higher education transformed my life. It opened doors of opportunity for me that I didn't even know existed. And it was from mentors, it was faculty who pushed me really outside of my comfort zone. And higher education just opened the world to me. And it is something that my parents, uh, even though they did not uh, finish college, my mom started college, mm. but uh, did not, you know, finish uh, because, you know, life happens, right? And But it is something that was always stressed in our family. And so it is my hope that as an educator, as a leader, uh, as a teacher, that I can create those same opportunities for students. And I know we have done that at UW-Parkside. It's what I am most proud of. Um, graduation is my favorite day on <laughs> campus uh, to be able to celebrate with our students and know um, that they are the first in their family to earn a, a university degree um, because that pays dividends uh, for future generations. And I say that as part of my commencement remarks. It's, they are an example for their family members. So higher education transforms lives. Um, Greg, you know that. We know that. Scott, you know that. Um, and I think that's a key driver uh, for our faculty and staff at UW-Parkside because many of us have that same experience. And we have a responsibility to pay it forward. Mm. Uh, and that's what we get to do every day. Right. And, and <clears throat> excuse me. When the, when the chancellor came on board, she hit the ground running. Mm. I mean, all the characteristics that she just described, she put into play right away and really improved the culture of Parkside. Um, it, not that we didn't know what we were doing differently or wrong, but there was, it's just that culture and that atmosphere and that passion that she brought to the job mm. really made a difference. So you remember that pretty vividly. Oh, we, oh yes. <laughs> I remember some of the first meetings we had um, and just helping her understand the finances of the university, which is kind of the first step a chancellor needs to learn is how, how does it operate and just the questions she asked. I knew right away, we've got a good one. Oh, thank <laughs> you, Scott. That's been very evident. <laughs> uh, 
just touching on that first generation matter, uh, that ties in nicely actually to to one of the things that has been particularly challenging in the last several years, uh, really in the wake of COVID, and that is that uh, the the statistic which I think you described as college going, essentially the number of young people at the age of eighteen who choose uh, to pursue higher education versus just running right into the into the workplace, uh, that that number has dropped quite a lot, and um, and particularly in this part of the state. So uh, tell our listeners what Parkside and other schools are, are, are doing uh, in terms of trying to meet that particular challenge and maybe trying to, to reshape that story. Yes. Well, let me give some data for some context, right? So one of the things that we have observed is we monitor what happens after students graduate from high school. And statewide in Wisconsin, um, pre-COVID, that 60% of high school graduates went on to some type of post-secondary education, be that at one of our technical colleges, a public university, a private university, in-state, out-of-state. After COVID statewide, that number dropped to about 10%. And uh, dropped 10%. I mean, dropped to 50%. So, uh, so dropped 10%. So, but here in Kenosha and Racine, we're watching those same numbers. And pre COVID, 50% of the high school graduates went on to post secondary education. And in this post COVID environment, it has dropped to just under 30%. So, 20 points. Mm. And so, so it was lower to start with. Yes. And it is a bigger drop. Yes. So, so on, on a couple of different levels, it's a point of concern. Yes. And so um, Dr. Raju here at Gateway Technical College, President Swallow at Carthage College, and the superintendents of the largest school districts, Eric Gallion at Racine Unified and Jeff Weiss here at Kenosha Unified, uh, we have all committed to work together uh, with our teams because what worked pre-COVID is not going to work in a post-COVID environment. Mm-hmm. As we build um, academic pathways from high school in to our colleges and universities. And our biggest competitor is this robust um, job market. (laughs) And uh, so what we're really working on, and we met a few months ago and we're meeting again tomorrow at UW Parkside uh, to say these are some things that we know we can do better together. Um, And there is a commitment to let's get back to those pre-COVID college going rates. Uh, It's important. And, and we have multiple pathways. We have the best higher education offerings uh, here in Southeast Wisconsin uh, for the students. And we're really thinking downstream, right? As baby boomers retire in all professions, we need to make sure that we have a ready, educated, well-equipped, talented workforce uh, to take those opportunities. So we're committed to increase uh, college going and get it back to where it was. Mm-hmm. What do you attribute this precipitous drop in terms of COVID? I mean, what did, what does, it's surely not a coincidence, but what do you and your colleagues believe to be the connection? I mean, what about COVID has helped cause this? Well, think about what happened, right, during shutdown mm-hmm. uh, in 2020 and the 2021 academic year. Most of our students were learning virtually. Many of our students, that is just not their ideal learning environment. And they're looking at it and saying, okay, is COVID really over? And I'm not going to take that chance. I'm going to go on a different path 
and it's okay. What mm. we need to recognize is that you can enroll at any of our colleges and universities at any point in time. It's not – the pathways are multiple and open and accessible. Mm. So even if you start after high school and go into the world of work and these great opportunities, that's fine. But there are um, – the pathway may lead you back into higher education, which is something we're very hopeful for. For those of you just joining us, we have in our studios today Dr. Deborah Ford, the Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin Parkside, but not for much longer because almost exactly a month from today, she will become Chancellor of the University of Indiana Southeast. And uh, so she is actually uh, actively on the job for uh, just a week or two more at Parkside before uh, she will be uh, uh, uprooting herself and relocating uh, for her new haunts. Uh, back home in Louisville, Kentucky. Also with us in the studio, Scott Menke, who is uh, about to assume the mantle of interim chancellor at UW Parkside, where currently he is vice chancellor for finance and administration. And he's actually served Parkside faithfully in a number of capacities uh, for nearly 20 years. Scott Menke, uh, could we just talk for a moment about this moment of transition and uh, your plans as interim chancellor and how you see that role for yourself? So I, I would say initially my role is to keep things going. <laughs> uh, I mean, just as simple as that. Um, as Chancellor mentioned, we have a lot of initiatives in play, and to keep those going, we don't want to just stop. I don't want to be just a placeholder where I'm just holding the reins together and the campus together until the next chancellor shows up. Um, sometimes in even in corporate, which is my background, a lot of people say, well, let's just wait till the next uh, president comes in or the next chancellor comes in, and then you hand them a mess or you mm-hmm. hand them something, a whole bunch of to-dos. Uh, in our case, we want to keep our, our initiatives going. So enrollment, as we've been talking about, is, is a challenge. So we're looking at strategies for enrollment, looking at our, our student base and how can we improve our offerings. Um, we're also doing a lot of uh, sustainable initiatives. We've got a solar array, a second mm-hmm. solar array coming in on campus, uh, EV stations for uh, charge, charging stations for cars. So there's a lot of activities going on that the faculty are really passionate about. We've got a beautiful campus, 720 acres of green space. Mm-hmm. That's a marketing tool for our campus. So taking advantage of that is something that's really an opportunity for us. Right. Um, I don't think it's a big surprise that this was offered to you because, you know, you've served Parkside so ably in all of these different positions. It makes all the sense in the world. Uh, I assume you weren't drafted. I mean, I'm I'm assuming you were asked to do this and and could have said no. I mean, did you at all think about saying no or did that that, that might not make any sense whatsoever? Uh, That's not exactly the way we roll at Parkside. Um, I I, I would certainly – to me, no is not an option. I mean, there's, it's just a great place to work. Um, I mean, I could have retired last year already, but I like working at Parkside. I love the mission. I love the students. Um, this was just an opportunity that you couldn't say no to. Hmm. And maybe you could just say a word about how you found your way into higher ed, because as you've already kind of alluded <laughs> to, that's, that's not your sort of professional origins. No, I spent uh, a tenure in public accounting. I've spent some time in private industry, CFO in, in, in a couple companies. And at the time, I was self-employed, and I actually uh, interviewed for a position at Parkside. And the long story short is um, I said, what the heck, I'll try it. 
you know, it's mm. something different. I wasn't familiar with higher ed. But the minute I interviewed and working with the people, I just said, this is really a great place. And I only live two miles from campus. So it's one of those things that was just very convenient and just just loved it when I got there. And I never looked back. Mm. So I want to, I love your question, you know, could he say no? Well, <laughs> of course he could have said no, but I think Scott sees a level of responsibility and an opportunity uh, to really keep the momentum. And President Rothman, uh, Jay Rothman, who's the president of the system, asked him uh, to lead our campus during this transition. And I'm so proud that he stepped up to lead. Um, and he's the right person uh, for right now. And then he is also um, a UW Parkside graduate uh, oh. with his MBA. And so I think it's the first time in our history we have one of our graduates leading uh, UW Parkside. And then he has others that are, you know, filling, you know, the work he's been doing. So it's sort of this leadership, um, everybody's stepping up, which is great. You've got a great team. That's great. Chancellor Ford, was Parkside already a, a, a campus with dormitories when you came in 2009? I, I'm, I'm fuzzy on the details. Yes. For that. So the UW Parkside uh, built its first uh, residences, the University Apartments, in the mid 80s. Oh, and then, really? Yes. Yes. And we're doing some uh, renovation work on those this summer. Uh, and then we've built Ranger Hall in the mid 90s. And then Pike River Suites, our newest residential facility, uh, was opened in 2009 when I came. So there was construction happening. And, uh, and then, you know, we have space for 850 mm -hmm. residential students, uh, which is really nice for our campus. And, you know, of course, we lost some of that um, occupancy during COVID and are building back up. So, but... Our current numbers are tracking very positive for this coming fall, and we really do believe that COVID is just a blip and we're all going to just keep coming out of it, but some aspects of it will be slower than others. Sure. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about is uh, not only the, the matter of, of making sure that young people understand the importance of higher education and are aware of the pathways of entering higher education, whether you're 18 or 28 or 58 or whatever it might be, uh, but also the matter of once students come to college, that they stay in college yeah. and that they are retained uh, and successfully complete their goals, com successfully complete their degree. Uh, I'm sure that uh, among your many accomplishments, uh, maybe towards the top of the list is uh, the the dramatically improved retention rate at Parkside. Explain, first of all, kind of what that looked like when you came in 2009 and the kind of strides that have been made uh, since and, and what has made the difference in, in that success. Yeah, so thanks for asking. It's one of the things that I'm most proud of and I believe our campus community is that when I came, mm -hmm. the first to second year retention rate for first-time, full-time freshmen was about 58%. So that's pretty low. And I thought, well, we could do better. And that was our focus. We can do better. And now um, it has been consistently over 70%. Um, that's still not good enough. We'd like for that to be closer to 80%. And be we really do want all of our students uh, that enroll with us to complete. We say we recruit graduates um, and because we see that potential in you when you enroll at UW Parkside. But the other thing that we've learned, right, is how 
our students sort of swirl through. And so sometimes we have students who will start and then take some time off and then come back. Well, the way the federal government counts uh, retention, that, you know, they don't count that um, in coming in, going out um, as easily, as seamless, right? Ah, And the other piece is they don't count transfer students. And what I want your listeners to know is that 50% of the graduates from UW-Parkside in the past eight years uh, have started as a transfer student at Parkside. Wow. And Gateway Technical College is one of our top feeders, um, but it's the other UW campuses, it's the other technical colleges, it's the College of Lake County uh, just south of here, um, it's our private school partners. And another statistic that I'm very proud of, and I've been really talking about this in these past several weeks, is one of my goals at my inauguration in November of 2009 was to re-engage with our just under 20,000 alumni at UW-Parkside. Hmm. And, uh, but I'm very, very happy to report that today uh, we have over 30,000 alumni. Wow. And yeah. so a 50% inc- an increase in 14 years. Um, and that's our bold goal, is to increase the number of graduates by 50% by 2025. And we are on path to do that. That's important for our community. Because they, are, they want UW-Parkside to prepare this next generation of talent uh, for their opportunities. Hmm. And we're on, we're on target to do it. That's Fantastic. what's exciting. Yeah. So something else, um, Chancellor and I were meeting with one of the uh, <clears throat> students at, at, at Parkside, a transfer student. And it, it's typical for students who live in an area not to go to their university in the community. I mean, right. it's not uncommon, although we get a lot from this community. But in this particular case, they left the community, and they came back and came to Parkside as a transfer student. And they were surprised because they didn't realize the level of quality and the culture we have at Parkside. Hmm. So I think sometimes my message to students in this area is check out Parkside as an option, a serious option, because it, it we have a lot more than they realize sometimes. Absolutely. And here's what I like to say about that. UW Parkside may not have been your first choice, but it was your best choice. Ah. <laughs> and that's what our students tell us. Uh, they underestimate uh, the engagement they have with our faculty. They underestimate uh, the quality of the experiences. They underestimate how prepared they are to compete in graduate and professional schools and uh, the internship experiences and the community-based learning. So um, they, uh, they tell us, wow, I wish I had started at Parkside. Hmm. But at least they found their way, their way to us. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I know that another th- hallmark of Parkside that, uh, that you feel – I mean, needs to be talked about and trumpeted in a sense is that at least when you started at Parkside, and I'm pretty sure it's still the case, Parkside's student body was the most racially diverse in the entire UW system. First of all, is that still the case? Yes, it is. And uh, when I started at UW Parkside in 2009, about 25% of our student body identified as a student of color. Uh, Today, that's about 37% uh, and growing. And we are the, um, I guess, only public at this point to be identified as an emerging Hispanic serving institution, uh, which means that we serve over 15% uh, students of Hispanic descent. 
And UW-Milwaukee is very close uh, in terms of, of those opportunities, as well as being, you know, high percentage of students of color. Um, but our, the diversity of our state uh, continues to evolve. Certainly the diversity of this region uh, continues mm-hmm. to grow. And uh, one of our commitments in when we joined Moonshot for Equity with Carthage College and Milwaukee Area Technical College and UW-Milwaukee is to eliminate really these equity gaps that we have in higher education by 2030. Hmm. So we have really important milestones and benchmarks out there uh, that we're striving to achieve. So the diversity of our campus is what, is what makes us um, a really, um, a, I would say, quality uh, learning environment. And I think it prepares our graduates for uh, being able to really work and thrive and lead um, in our region and our communities. Mm-hmm. Chancellor, didn't we just show up as a, in a ranking, too? That's I right. Mean, yes. I don't remember the statistics, but I know you will. Yes. <laughs> um, it was uh, U.S. News and World Report ranked UW-Parkside number five. Um, of public universities in 11 states of the Midwest um, in diversity, and Mm. number four in 11 states for advancing social mobility. Mm. And so uh, that is based on the number of students who uh, are using a Pell Grant uh, to help finance their higher education and then the opportunities that they get um, post-completion. And so we really are a driver of advancing social mobility uh, for our students. And that goes to the number of first-generation college students. It's all integrated and intertwined. Right. And the dramatic way that lives are changed for the better is quite exciting. I I saw you make mention in in one article about specifically the Hispanic population at Parkside and how there you can point to that for some of the most dramatic success stories in terms of of higher enrollment and especially higher retention and completion. Yes, yes, and something that we've really strived to do, and you don't, you have to have a plan, and so we have several leaders across our campus. Uh, We have been able also to diversify our workforce. Uh, That is something that we would hope one day that the workforce would mirror our student body in terms Mm. of uh, uh, racial diversity. Uh, We're not there yet, um, but we are making progress, and again, our quest to become a Hispanic-serving institution uh, because of where we are geographically, who we serve. And uh, so we're emerging. And then once we reach 25% um, Hispanic students, then we would be Hispanic serving. We're at about 18%. So making excellent progress. No kidding. For those of you just joining us, we're speaking with uh, Dr. Deborah Ford, Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin Parkside, uh, on the job for not too much longer because it's about one month from now. She will become chancellor of the University of Indiana Southeast. And also with us in the studios is Scott Menke, who is uh, vice chancellor for finance and administration at Parkside. And uh, he will be serving as interim chancellor as uh, as the search goes on for Deborah Ford's uh, successor. Chancellor Ford, what are your recollections of beginning the job back in 2009 and particularly uh, how the transition was handled between you and your predecessor, And that would have been Jack Keating, right? So Jack was my predecessor. We did have an interim. Uh, Lane Earns, who was the provost at UW Oshkosh, came in and uh, really helped position the campus for new leadership. And he created a number of task forces and and working groups to look at how do we tell our story with an integrated marketing team? Uh, How do we continue to focus on enrollment growth and um, get on, I think, a 
better path to improve retention and graduation uh, through an enrollment management team. Uh, and uh, I would say that the transition was very smooth. I think the campus was ready for um, new leadership mm-hmm. and uh, welcoming and, and I would say focused um, and really wanted me to know them Mm. Um, and it, and it welcomed me to different departments, uh, made sure that I understood UW Parkside, uh, also was welcomed with open arms in both communities, Kenosha and mm. Racine. And how, that was probably one of the toughest things, right, uh, to learn is the distinctiveness of the two communities. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and know that if you do something in Racine, you better be doing it in Kenosha, <laughs> uh, but it's a different way and vice versa. So, right, right, uh, right. And, and, you know, that's my advice to the next chancellor is you have to uh, really think about not only learning the campus community, um, but the broader communities that we serve. And I know that our reach is certainly beyond uh, Kenosha and Racine, particularly as we live in this mega region in the Chicago-Milwaukee corridor. And um, so all of those pieces, and and one of the things, too, we have a lot more sustained partnerships uh, with our business and industry partners, certainly with our higher ed partners, our uh, K-12 partners, our nonprofit partners. Uh, UW Parkside has been and will continue to be that convening place. Um, Mm. We can bring people from both communities together. And I think that we're seeing those geographic boundaries blur more. Absolutely. This generation, these Gen Z and millennials, they see that blurring. So, um, oh, Greg, I could talk about the recollections all day long. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> well, and uh, I, I, I remember reading in something about uh, how you had three uh, leadership principles, uh, uh, leading with meaning, uh, being bold, but the last one, being present. Yeah. And in a sense, being present means not just showing up in your office every day, but being present in the community and with education partners and industry partners and so on. And certainly that's been a big part of your job and a big part of your legacy. That's right. And I think too often we're trying to multitask, right? And thinking about what's next. And we need to just be present with people. And I think that's what a university environment is all about. And these, uh, this last semester on campus, it was about being present with our students, with faculty and staff, with colleagues and partners, um, with folks in the UW system. And we always have tasks. Um, but when you spend time with an individual or with a group of individuals, that's what matters the most. And I think that's how you advance the mission of a university um, is, you know, you got to be bold, got to set bold goals. You've, you've got to lead with meaning because the meaning is the mission hmm. and you've got to be present. And uh, um, because there's always going to be more work and more task, but focus on people. Hmm. Um, that's my advice uh, to our, our campus community and certainly our next chancellor. Hmm. Be present. And I'll add two more characteristics, transparency and collaboration. I mean, one of the hmm. things that Chancellor taught us when, we sh- when she first came is we need to be more transparent because we, it, being task-oriented, you, it's easy to sit in your office, get your job done, you did a great mm. job, and you go home. But the guy next door in the next office doesn't necessarily know what you're doing. So sure. being transparent was important, and being collaborative and working across all the a- areas of the campus was really important. Yeah. Speaking of collaboration, Chancellor Ford, I know that something that's been really important to you, in addition to, of course, being in 
contact and in collaboration with your colleagues at other UW schools, but also this thing called HERA, the Higher Education Regional Alliance, which has involved uh, schools of higher education right here in southeastern Wisconsin. And uh, I know that's probably been one of the hallmarks of what you have experienced here in southeastern Wisconsin is the close connection with your colleagues here at Gateway and Carthage over the years, and also this network called HERA. Uh, so in a sense, you're not alone in the challenges that you're confronting. That's right. And I would say that when I started here, Brian Albrecht and um, Greg Campbell were the first to welcome me. And mm. so we always had, I think, a mini HERA um, <laughs> because we, we, I think, were a catalyst for the Higher Ed Regional Alliance because of our close collaborations across higher ed sectors. We knew that we could do more together. Um, we even have, uh, I think, a pro one of our initiatives was Forward Together. And then when this region started to really expand and new um, corporations uh, from around the world uh, started to identify here in Racine and Kenosha. We knew that we could not meet the uh, talent demands uh, independently. And so we brought together the Higher Ed Regional Alliance, which is the 18 colleges and universities um, in this Milwaukee seven-county region and 10 um, nonprofit entities. And we meet monthly. And John Swallow is our chair uh, currently. I was co-chair of goal number one to increase college attainment and uh, loved that work um, and worked very, very closely with Vicki Martin, the president at Milwaukee Area Technical College. And Greg, one of the things that we did, it's not a lot of fun, but we looked at our data hmm. and we transparency around the data, what's happening at our institutions. And we're talking about it. We have public dashboards that we show. We show our progress on an annual basis. And it's the presidents and chancellors who are leading that and really engaging our teams across our campuses. We can't do it alone. Scott will join the Higher Ed Regional Alliance at their next meeting here in June. Mm. Um, and then he'll make sure that our new chancellor, the seventh chancellor of UW-Parkside, um, knows the importance of being a part of the Higher Ed Regional Alliance. And uh, we're going to keep leading um, because that's what's important and that's what we do best at mm. UW-Parkside. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Scott Minke, uh, interim chancellor now at Parkside, uh, you, of course, have a real vested interest in this search process for the seventh chancellor of uh, the University of Wisconsin Parkside. Uh, describe to our listeners at least likely what that's going to look like, this search for a new chancellor. So, <clears throat> so the search is already in process. It's uh, led by one of the Board of Regents. Uh, there's several Board of Regents on the search committee. There's several individuals on campus and community members that are uh, part of the search process. And the first part of the process is just to gather information. What is Parkside looking for? We discussed cloning heavily, but that got dismissed as not practical. Uh, we have, <laughs> first of all, they're just collecting all the information. What, what needs to change at Parkside? What type of leader do we need? So that's being done. There, uh, uh, people that are looking to uh, apply are submitting their uh, resumes and their vitas. And I believe the search closes the end of this month. Today. Today. Mm. That's the end of the month. Um, so then the next process is the committee will review the, the applicants and start narrowing down the pool. So I need to get my application in mm. today, before yeah. the end of the day. <laughs> That's okay, right. Okay. We're looking for great candidates, Greg Berg. Um, and, uh, so the Trust me, you don't want me uh, in a position like that. Although, uh, I mean, and it's interesting. 
over the years as I've talked to you, and I would say that this is true for talking to Greg Campbell and John Swallow and Brian Albrecht and so on, that, I mean, I'm always impressed by how much you love the work you do, mm-hmm. but I, at the same time, I've come to a, a, an understanding of the staggering challenges of what you do. And I suppose that's part of what you, what you love about it, but it's also something that I'm not sure everybody even understands just just what it means to yeah. be the leader of a school of higher education. Well, uh, you are literally running a small city, um, <laughs> every aspect of a campus community. And uh, regardless of the size and scope, uh, there are significant opportunities, there are significant challenges. Um, and as long as you have a great team, um, you can accomplish whatever you set your mind to do. And that's what I believe we have been able to do at UW Parkside over the years. Um, And again, through great partnerships. Greg, you give us airtime to talk about what we do, right? You ask tough questions. Uh, And uh, so that helps us uh, to be even better and to make sure that this community knows how important UW Parkside is uh, as we really embark on our 55th year coming up. And I say we uh, because (laughs) our Alumni Association made me an honorary alumna Ah. um, at my Looking Forward celebration. So I'm in the class of 23 as an honorary member. There you go. Doesn't get any better than that. (laughs) Fantastic. But when we meet, all of that fades when you sit down with the students and talk about what Mm. Parkside means to them. All the hard work. I mean, there's days where you just have a tough day and you go talk to a student or have a meeting with a student group. And you go home, and that's what you remember. The tough day just fades. Right. Just the energy that they bring. And well, and, and the mission you're accomplishing. Sure. And the, like you said before, transforming lives. I mean, it's all about them. You don't want to make it all about you. I mean, it's not just a job. You're changing their lives. Right. And that, that's... And, and in really dramatic ways. I mean, yeah. and, and not everybody gets to look at the work that they do and realize that it's having that kind of impact on others. Chancellor Ford, I want to give you an opportunity to, to look back over these uh, 14 years as Chancellor of the University of Wisconsin Parkside and recall some highlights in terms of maybe extra special occasions or extra special accomplishments. And you just mentioned Parkside turning 55. I know that and remember fondly the 50th anniversary celebration, and there was a lot to celebrate at that point. But what are some other high points over your tenure that you want to uh, remember. Wow, there are so many, Greg, and I, I hate to leave anything out, right? But I would say celebrating the 50th anniversary of the university. Uh, 50 years is really young, um, and but bringing folks together to really honor our past uh, and look to the future. Uh, that was a very, very special time for the university. We planned it for two years, and really right before COVID, the 18-19 right. academic year. Um, and it really set in motion, really, this next 50 uh, for UW Parkside. So I would say that's definitely a highlight. Um, every single commencement ceremony mm. uh, is a highlight for me because everyone was different. Um, but the same in terms of how it was a celebration for our faculty and staff. Um, our annual con- our fall convocations where we would come back after summer mm. and <laughs> as a campus community and kick off the academic year. Um, we have signed some amazing partnerships um, with business and industry partners. Uh, we have amazing donors. And it's, as Scott said, when you sit down with our students and our faculty, with our staff, with our alumni, 
and they say, if not for Parkside, um, that really resonates. And so there are so many wonderful memories um, that I am taking with me um, that will always be a part of who I am as a person, um, as a leader, as a first-generation college graduate, um, and that's what matters. And so, um, and then being on your show. <laughs> so it's always been fun. And, and thank you for, thank you. Mm. Uh, that's just, uh, I, that's what I want to say to your listeners today is thank you. And I have a favor, right? Make sure you embrace Scott in his interim role and certainly our new chancellor, uh, the way that you have embraced and welcomed me. Mm. Um, because that matters. And no one succeeds as a leader alone. And I know that I am surrounded uh, by so many um, and, I, and that I've, had, I've stood on the shoulders of giants hmm. um, to advance the mission of UW Parkside. And uh, so hmm. I am very, very grateful from the bottom of my heart. Hmm. And I have to say that over the many years that you've been on this program, uh, I have always been impressed uh, by the gracious, generous way in which you have, in a sense, shared the spotlight and certainly shared the credit. I mean, uh, gone over and above in that respect in terms of making sure that uh, that no one lays at your feet all the credit for uh, any of the good things that are happening at Parkside, although you are obviously at the center of it all. But, yeah. but I mean, uh, I, I think you... Uh, understand after all of these years that that in fact it's true. It's not just trying to be nice, but it's trying to be truthful. Yeah. And the fact that uh, when you're talking about something as complicated as a university, nothing is accomplished on the shoulders of a of a single person. No, no. And you know, Greg, one thing I think about too. We we have done so much construction and renewal and transformation of our learning environment at UW Parkside. Mm. And I know we've talked about several of those projects, Wiley, Wiley Hall, uh, the RITA, you know, now yeah. 10 years, uh, some of our classroom renewals and remodel. Scott talked about the sustainability efforts on campus. I, again, would always invite your listeners to come to campus and see the transformed UW Parkside learning environment. It is not the same Parkside as it was in 2009. Thank you to our state legislators. Mm. Thank you to all the contractors. Thank you to the uh, facilities management team at Parkside who made that possible. And thank you for everyone for putting up with construction. When I hear <laughs> a hammer, I'm like, that's progress. <laughs> so, exactly. And, and it's amazing, and it is such a beautiful campus, and it's and it's the kind of thing that, I mean, it's easy to just drive by on Green Bay Road or Wood Road or whatever, but by all means, people should turn Stop into in. the campus and, yes, pay a visit and, and, and see it for yourself up close and all of the, the beautiful uh, renovation and expansion that has occurred over the years. It's really exciting. Yep. Exciting years. You have so much to be uh, proud of and happy about. Chancellor Deborah Ford, and we wish you only uh, happiness and further success uh, uh, and happy uh, happy hours as a grandmother close to your grandchild yes. uh, in your new home uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, as uh, the Chancellor of the University of Indiana uh, Southeast. And it's been such a pleasure over the years to have you on the morning show time and time again, and we wish you only the very best in this next chapter. 
Thank you so much. And Scott, uh, Scott Menke, we appreciate you being here as well. Uh, the voice of even more experience with nearly mm-hmm. 20 years uh, in, in faithful service to the University of Wisconsin Parkside and now serving them as interim chancellor. And I trust that uh, over the coming months, uh, uh, we can be in contact with you and that you'll continue to share the Parkside story with us and also share with us uh, uh, the move towards a new new chancellor. So we appreciate you being here on the morning show and look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. Appreciate your time. Very good.